0: Please join me in spirit prayer. Gracious God, giver of all good gifts, how can we even begin to thank you for the gift of your love that holds us in life? The gift of your creating love that recreates us in each moment and opens our hearts and our souls to live in you and from you. Can do a quick mask check and make sure your mask is up when are Thanks. Okay. So I had a high school youth group yesterday morning at St. James School for their welcome table feeding program where they set up this big tent on 33rd Street and they invite people to come pick up food. And about 150 or 160 families roll through for generous upings of fresh food Food from the garden, food from the shared food program. It was a really abundant event, in our, our youth did a marvelous job helping. One moment when I was standing off to the side on Living Class Street, I fell to a conversation with a young man, and he recognized me, and I recognized him. He was the first student St. James School ever had. Ten years ago, we met. He, of course, has graduated, and is now starting off his life in trade school after high school. His name is John. And in the course of our conversation about his St. James School experience, he said this that touched my heart. He said, You know, they never stopped loving you here at St. James. They never stopped loving you here at St. James. This young man who grew up in foster care, who was adopted as a teen, was still coming back because he knew he could be loved today. And don't we all need that? Be. Later, I related this experience to the head of school, David Kasavich. David said, well, that is our goal. That's what we're trying to achieve here. We want to be a constant in the life of our students. We want that. We want a forever connection. He said. We want a forever connection with each of our students to help them through their life. Even a few students we have who sadly got in the way with the law. We're in their hearts. We're helping them out. And I've already known that St. James School was grounded in the gospel. And once again, I was reaffirmed and appreciated that this school knew the gospel of Jesus Christ and his family. This love of God is forever. This love of God is forever and nothing can separate us from it. I really felt renewed in the love of God by seeing their witness in the gospel, and so I share it with you because I want to ground ourselves deeply in God's loving, forever commitment to us. God's love is forever and no matter what. I want to start off with just a brief grounding exercise. But I feel like this world needs it. You just put your feet squarely on the floor, just kind of arrange yourself comfortably in your pew. Take a really deep breath and let it out. Now, what I want you to do is take the instructions of 1 Thessalonians and relate to your own soul with the gentleness and kindness. Of a nurse caring for a child. Make your voice gentle and kind and loving as you speak to yourself. And close your eyes and gently say, I am loved by God forever. I am loved by God forever. Let yourself receive that love, let yourself receive that reassurance, all those parts of you that are hurting or scared, feel threatened, at risk. stale if they stay in us. Gifts from God by their nature have to be shared to be real, to be full. So I'm going to continue with the exercise. and when you to imagine someone in your life who you would like to say the following. You are loved by God forever, no matter what Take a second to pray that prayer that person. Imagine yourself saying to that person, you are loved by God no matter what and for it. Maybe you'll take that phrase with you today. Maybe you'll have someone to share that with. Give them that gift of how God receives them, how God I would have to turn to each other and say this to each other. Have you ever done that exercise in the Baptist Church? I Someday we're going to do that here. But we're all six feet apart. So it would not work so well. But maybe the person sitting next to me right now is the first thing we need to turn to and say, you are loved forever by God. Let's thank you for grounding with me in the reality of God's unbreakable love because that is where it all begins. It is the foundation of everything we do in our lives as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. It all comes from this experience of love. And because it comes from Jesus Christ, there's always so much more to it than we have yet to experience. There's always so much more life in it that has only begun to take root in us. There's always so much more, because this is God's love we're talking about. and God's love draws us out of ourselves into a life that resembles the life of Jesus. So that that love that is more is the love that heals the world, because Jesus is what love looks like when it is healing. We don't, in this church, believe in a generic sort of love. We believe in a very particular sort of love embodied in a very particular person in a very particular life story, and that is Jesus embodying the love that heals the world. As Cornell West says, to take that a step further, justice is what love looks like in public. Justice is what love looks like in public. So this love is dimensional. It takes us out into new places with new resources. And we must be careful not to fall into certain love traps. We need to be careful not to domesticate this love, to make it only love of family or love of people we like our All that love is part of this love. It's a blessing of this love. And the love, this love moves us farther. We must be careful not to sentimentalize this love, to make it a feeling of the heart only. It is a sentiment, and so much more commitment, a life action, a resource. We must be careful, in this day and age, not to nationalize this love. To only love those who are like us or near us, are part of this entity we call our country. We know in Jesus that this love is for the world. It's a universal love. And we love those close, and we love those far away. And as much as romantic love is the best, And that love of Jesus is part of romantic love. This love draws us even out of that into new experiences of connecting with those we don't like. And even farther than that, to people who might choose to be our enemy. People who might persecute you. And this is where we really need love to be identified with the person of Jesus Christ. Because he said, love those who persecute. And he said that as someone who loved those who persecuted him. He said, Love your enemies. And he said that as someone who loved his enemies even up to the cross. And I believe he lays this out as a spiritual possibility for us to grow into in a lifetime of spiritual practice where we learn to open our hearts to even those people who frighten us even those people who scare us, even those people who are opposed to us. That is something promising to grow. into. And I think it's something the church needs to embody in this time where we are withdrawing empathy from each other. We are, as a country, withdrawing empathy other, and we are drawing very firm battle lines. I believe we need to prepare and think ahead to that time when we will be horrors, where we will try to bridge the chasms that have been built up. And that will take a loving commitment. That will take a commitment to care for our neighbors in ways that are going to stretch us and challenge us and take us to places that may to unsaved. That is the training of this love we have in Christ. That's why the tree in Psalm 1 is planted by and has its roots in the water. We, like that tree, put our roots in the water above so we will thrive and that we will give life to those around us. All the chaff in us will be blown away over time, because that's what God does. But when the chaff blows away, the generative, life-giving core of our soul remains. And we will not be scared of loss. And we will not be scared of death. And we will not be scared of our neighbor, because we have learned that we are grounded in love. Remember, you are loved forever by God. Remember, your neighbor is loved forever by God.